0: essays 31 and 32 of the romance of the commonplace by gillette burgess this librivox recording is in the public domain essay 31 the confessions of an ignoramus musicians tell me that i am exceptionally fortunate i know absolutely nothing of music it is not a bald, fathomless innocence however i am not tone-deaf for instance and certain compositions please me and knowing nothing i have been treated with indulgent complaisance by the profession and amongst them i have the unique license of being privileged to like whatever i choose it is no small distinction this nowadays when one is nicely and strictly rated by his compliance to the regnant mode but i have to fight tooth and nail to defend my innocence i have determined that whatever happens i will not be educated for a while once on a time i hazarded my franchise of free speech and weakly accepted the tutelage of a master that i might at least gain a familiarity with the catchwords of the musical fraternity it was the more reprehensible and foolish because i had already lost my virginity in art circles by the same servility long ago i learned to phrase and gesticulate at the picture galleries and try as i may i cannot forget the formulas i learned to stand with eyes half-closed before a painting and waving my hand murmur i like this part in here i caught that knowing waggle of the right thumb and prated of modelling tricky work atmosphere composition values with such humbuggery i could say straight-faced and with a vicious explosive gesture oh it's good in colour but it just lacks that you know by jove i was in it up to the years before i knew it and now my critiques are detailed to the semi-elect as coming from one of the cognoscenti i have learned the terminology of the craft so well that my very instructors have forgotten my novitiate but an art exhibition is a horror to me for i go bound by the tenure of hypocrisy and dare not walk freely forced to rattle my chains as i limp through the forbidden pastures of delight the candy-box pictures and chromos that my soul loves with that fierce first love that never dies so i have learned to avoid the Pyrian spring now having escaped the seductions of Euterpe by the merest chance he is said to be a fool who is caught twice by the same trick and i write myself down a worse-witted clown yet when i confess how far on the high road to folly i was before i jumped the fence of conventional parlance and broke for the wide fields where lies my freedom i had been led astray by practising the non-committal remark oh what is that as soon as the piano keys cooled off from the startling massage of the furious performer i was bold i even dared to be the first to speak and i threw ambiguous meanings into that well-known exclamation for i was assured it was always safe whether it followed a Moskowski mazurka hot from the blunt fingers of a kansas city poor relation or a somnolent chopinian prelude hypnotized by the evening star i learned that the statute of absorbed attention had expired and that the lifted eyebrow the semi-concealed shrug the overt smile behind the performer's back and the ex post facto rescindment of all these in one mucilaginous compliment were now good taste bah i sickened of it all soon enough for i had been piously brought up and my puritan blood was anti-toxic to the corruptions of the musical microbe and so i have forgotten to speak of grieg as a mere sentimentalist and all the rest of the pharisees phrase-book thank god i can hear the mill in the forest and check up its verisimilitudes item by item even as i have dared to renew my youth with charles dickens and laugh cry and grow hot and cold with scott's marionettes yet as i said my innocence is not altogether empty there is indeed no such thing in life as absolute darkness one's eyes revolt and hasten to fill the vacuum by floating in sparks dream patterns figures whimsical and figures grotesque shifting clad in complementary colours to appease the indignant cups and rods of the retina and so my musical ignorance is alive with a fey intelligence of its own i have come at last to an original conception of what is good and what is bad by its mere psychological effect as illogical as a woman's intuition yet as absolute and empirical as the test of acid and alkali by litmus it has come to this that i know now i shall never hear good music again when i was young the phrase classical music was still extant i come of the middle classes where one calls a spade a spade and that variety of sound the most expensive of noises was as incomprehensible as was the training for its appreciation arduous so that beauty for its own sake was unknown or lurked behind the horizontal mountains of truth that shut in the new england landscape but as my knowledge and love of art grew and i mingled with those that spoke this foreign tongue of beauty i had opportunity of hearing music the only music that was worthwhile to them, the music that endures and lives continually virile and creative. Curiously enough, and unhappily for me, so long a stranger to such influences, I found that some compositions spelled me with their subtlety, tranced me into reverie, while others awakened active feelings of amusement, surprise, or scientific curiosity as to their construction and so ignorant of technique and composition harmony and all the rules of the art i have gone back to the woman in me and trust to her little ounce of instinct when the vibrant chords the sobbing pulsations and the mystical nuances grow faint and die away as my dream mounts on the wings of an invisible melody leaving the sawing bows the brazen curly horns the discs cylinders strings keys triangles curves and tubes with which paraphernalia the magicians of the orchestra have bewitched me far far below where i soar aloft naked and alone in the secret spaces of my soul i know not then but afterward that the talisman has been at work and as the rhythm dies and i drop drop to the world again and turn to the trembling wide-eyed girl at my left and am roused by the brutal applause that surges around me i know that this was music but i have not heard it alas shall i never hear it essay thirty two a music-box recital hid secretly in my heart i long had a passion for music-boxes while i was innocent of the ways of the world and thought that art as some think that manners had a ritual to which one must conform in order to be considered a gentleman i hid this low-born taste from my friends and talked daintily of brahms his frozen music of the architectural sonata and other things i did not understand how musicians and artists must have laughed at me when they saw my hands square constructive palms willful thumbs and mechanical fingers music box hands but though i had long ceased cutting stencils of other people's thoughts and frescoing my own vanity therewith i dared not confess to john this wretchedly vulgar penchant for the music-box of commerce the small varnished brass and cedar affair which is the only instrument i can play but at ten of the clock one night the yearning became so intense in me that i burst the bonds of my discretion and lo at the first word john fell heavily into my arms he too cherished this unhallowed joy in secret and had long hidden this tendresse behind a mask of propriety we dried our eyes and were into overcoats and out on the street in a single presto measure set to a swift staccato march for the bowery we must have a music-box apiece before we slept we swore it in a great forte oath prestissimo but we were hungry for a good three-dollar package of discord. It was none of these modern contrivances with perforated discs and interchangeable tunes we were after, not the the penny-in-the-slot, beer-saloon, air-shaker, nor the anthropomorphic pianola. Only the regulation old-fashioned Swiss instrument would serve, the music-box of our youth, the wonderful complicated little engine with a cylinder bristling with pins that picked forth harmonies from the soul of a steel comb its melody limpid with treble accompaniments lively, sustained at the small end where the teeth are small and active with a picture of children skating on the cover-top and beneath under glass oh rapture the whirring wheels all in sight tempting the small inquisitive finger of youth after an incredible amount of discussion as to the relative merits of the repertoire we came to a decision and fled home to abandon ourselves to the distractions of our tiny orchestras the boxes were so full of music they have been trying to empty themselves ever since but the magic purse seems inexhaustible one night in my idyllic youth a german band played all night long under my window but now i would carry the divine gift of music in my overcoat pocket i was like that persian monarch for whom was made the first pair of shoes your majesty said his vizier now at last for you indeed is the whole world covered with leather as thou hast demanded oh allah now for me was the whole world patrolled with german bands they played say au revoir but not goodbye under my pillow they gave me honey my honey as i ate my breakfast before the week was up we had learned every tune by heart down to the last grace note in the accompaniment we had learned too the sequence of tunes inevitable unchanging as the laws of the meads of old never again shall i be able to hear sweet marie played without a shock that it is not followed by the isabella waltz never again shall i hear the end of honey my honey without a tremble of nervous suspense till comes the little click of the shooting cylinder the apprehensive pause and then hurrah the first gay notes of sweet marie but we could not long endure the perfect simplicity of the airs, and the old touch of super led us on to attempt to vary and improve the performance of our songs. It was John who discovered the virtue of a few pillows stuffed on top of the machine, and he achieved immense con-expressione effects by waving the box wildly in the air." i contented myself with changing the angle of the fan-wheel so as to make it play allegro then one got so very much music in such a very little while surely a pardonable gluttony had my box been larger i might have heard seven complete operas in an hour like the old duke in sylvie and bruno yet after all it was versatility of quality rather than mere quantity that should be the greatest victory and we set out on experiments in tambra at last we found john and i that by inserting a little paper cylinder under the glass so as to press on the keys we could give susa the grip as one might say and he would cough and wheeze in a way to amply discredit the statement that there is no such thing as humour in music a greater thickness of paper gives the effect of a duo with mandolin and banjo and this was by far the most successful of our variations i should end as i began i know by a bit of maudlin philosophical moralysis i might for instance trace the resemblances in the musical world and say that for me the conductor waving his baton is as one who winds the key to a very human music-box in which each tooth of the comb is a living vibrant human being or i might broach a flagon of morality by, and show how each one of us plays his little mental tunes in a set routine wound up by the great musician what devils stick their fingers into our works and bid us play more fast or slow more loud more low what jests of fate who inserts her cacophonous paper cylinder that we may wheeze through misfortunate obligatos of pain but no my forelegs are stuck in the bog of realism and i shall not budge from the literal presentation for my little kingdom of delight suffered a revolution it was john's fault for john had been affecting a musical countess who gave afternoon talks on the art of listening in a studio dry molecular analyses of nasal quartets and such-like verbiage so he came home late one night while a music-box was bowling away merrily upon the couch with a one-pillow soft pedal it was my music-box too bah he swore your box phrases so abominably it is so cold so restrained so colourless hear mine now isn't that an excellent pianissimo there's polished technique there's a chiaroscuro oh listen to that cat come back my machine is an artist yours is a mere virtuoso mine is a joachim a dalbert yours is a moussin a get into the smooth suave legato of this wonderful box Here is a virile octaves hark to those scales like strings of white-hot pearls dropping upon velvet he was moaning and tossing as he snored these parodies it was a nightmare both for him and for me at four o'clock in the first pink grey of the morning i could endure it no longer i rose haggardly and threw the two music boxes into the fire End of Essay 32